The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Start the number one guy at the Big 12 tournament, and we've seen him you know, come in with a, a different guy to start and have that number one guy start on closer to normal rest and starting the second day. So I wouldn't have been surprised either way. So um, to see Mason lined up to, to go today does not, definitely does not surprise me. How – I mean, I know you want to win every game, so this in a way is going to kind of sound stupid, but you get used to that from me. Um, but how all in do you think they are in for today's game? In other words – you know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, clearly that's the answer if Mason Molina's starting, right? Yes. No, I think so. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think, you know, like if, if he gets himself in a little bit of, tr- I guess the question is if he gets himself in a little bit of trouble, do you, does he let him kind of pitch himself through that a little bit? If the game's kind of still within reach, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to pull him in the fourth. If he gives up four runs, are you? What's the score? Well, let's say it's uh, four to two, West Virginia. Uh, you'd probably let him go a little bit longer, depending on what his pitch count is. I'd, yeah, yeah. There's too many. There's a lot of factors there. No, I I understand. It's a yeah. it's a. But you're not gonna. The question that that you want to ask me is, okay, if it's tied at the end of five, are they going to Brandon Beckel? Okay, mm-hmm. that would tell you how all in they are. Okay, if they go to Brandon Beckel, that shows they're one hundred percent all in. Okay. Uh, I mean, Mason Molina, um, would he come out after the fourth? Well, that, that depends what the score is and what the situation is. You, you know, if you're down four zero and he had given up four runs, well, then you might leave him in there just a little bit to, to take a, another inning or so off of your bullpen. Cause you know, you're going to need everybody for the sure. next day just to stay, to stay alive most mm-hmm. likely. Okay. So but if you're putting Brandon Beckel out there, you're saying, okay, we're, we're trying to win this. We are as in as we can be on winning this game because yeah. that's our best combination, Molina and Beckel. How many pitches – what's the pitch count to kind of keep an eye on for Molina? Like if he gets to 90, he gets to 100, 85. Yeah, 90 to 100, somewhere, okay. in, somewhere in there. Okay. I, I mean, Coach Tadlock doesn't ever run his guys out there for – you see every once in a while and hit the hundred, but not very often. Yeah. So I don't think that changes today. I don't think he's going to let Molina throw 120 or anything like that. Okay. Uh, the opponent on the Hill today for West Virginia will be David Hageman. He's one and one with a 2.30 earned run average. We'll let you uh, catch your breath and uh, get yourself uh, settled there. And we'll get uh, the numbers on him from you and your thoughts on Mr. Hageman and West Virginia and um, what what you see from uh, the Mountaineers. We're about uh, 13 hours and 20 minutes away from Red Raider Baseball. We'll talk about it throughout the morning. There's other things on the agenda as well, but this is uh, A number one. Uh, I think on top of everybody's brain today is uh, what's going on with the Tech Baseball team and their uh, quest here in the Big 12 Championship. It is 610 this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. As uh, we uh, 
work through the month of May. It's just May the 24th. we got another week of this mess. Man, this has been a long month. It just seems like to me. <laughs> Why is it a mess? I don't know. Just yesterday... <laughs> Yesterday was one of those days where you it was start and stop, start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. It's just constant interruption, distraction, you know, hey, what about this? Hey, what about that? It was like, man, it was just, you know, I had appointments canceled. I was late for one. I was, you know, it's just, oh, my God. It was just, you know, it was, I was just, I was exhausted by the time I got home last night. It was so, that pesky traffic that made you no, late. No, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It was all those people. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, nope, it wasn't. It wasn't the the. It was. It was myself. But again, in internally inside this compound yesterday, it was a it was a, like a beehive. Okay, it was like a okay. just a. It was a beehive of just you know start and stop, start and stop, start and stop, start and stop, and so got got finally got a little bit accomplished and. Uh, Felt like I could I could leave here about six last night. Did think so. about you yesterday as I was traveling around the, the great city of Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Had no problem traveling on the loop yesterday. Okay. That's good. Good. I was shocked. I was expecting to mm-hmm. you know have to sit on the loop. like as I turned on the loop. I went. I'm gonna have to wait through the construction. Yeah. The south loop heading west mm-hmm. to north. Completely fine. Yeah. Try getting off at Quaker. Uh, you can't do that right now. Going west. Mm-hmm. I did get off a of Quaker. You did? I Maybe did. they must have opened up that uh, gate then. This, this is why I'm passing this on to you. Okay, I appreciate that. Appreciate. Thank you for the little man like helping the, man there. It felt like the West Loop was good as I was traveling on. Hey, um, guess guess what uh, guess what I'm going to do this morning, uh, and guess what I'm going to be potentially uh, involved in. Um, so I've got jury duty this morning. So uh, anybody that's going to municipal court, you may see my happy shining face. And I called yesterday to say, hey, you still need me? You still need me? Yep, we still need you. We've got some cases. I said, well, what what kind of a jury is a pettit jury? And the, the ma'am said, it's uh, it's traffic court. I'm like, oh, traffic court. Traffic court. Perfect. Great. Perfect. Not guilty. Um, no, I won't do that. But I did ask, I go, hey, if uh, you're on deferred adjudication, does that uh, disqualify you as a juror? She says, no, sir. I said, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow morning then. So <clears throat> there you go. So maybe uh, maybe I'll see some of you later on this morning here in the uh, downtown, beautiful new uh, municipal court building. Be curious to see how many people I know down there at uh, jury duty and, and if uh, I know the presiding judge. That'd be That'll be fun. I look forward to that. I've already put some business cards in my pocket, Jamie. I'm ready to. I've washed my hands today. I'm ready to. Sh- I'm ready to get going. Okay? Don't, please, don't <laughs> hand one to the judge. I will not hand one to the judge and say, "Hey, if I can do anything for you, let me know." Or the prosecutor, mm-hmm. or the de- or the defense. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah. Uh, Six eighteen this morning here on the morning drive. Uh, Texas Tech in West Virginia this morning. West Virginia, the three seed, by virtue of their inability to win one game at Texas this past weekend. Uh, as Jamie said, they uh, in all likelihood stayed on the road and went from Austin to uh, Arlington. Maybe they went over to Texas Live, Jamie, and got it out of their system. Maybe so. You know, maybe they went maybe over there, so. played some pool, drank some beer, you know, we did a woo, you know, when they saw a West Virginian, you know, on the on the big screen or something like that. Uh, but they'll go uh, on the hill today with David Hageman, one and one with a 2.30 earned run average. Uh, what what do you know about him? He's a right-hander. 
Uh, he absolutely dominated the Red Raiders on Sunday in uh, Morgantown. He went three and two-thirds innings, didn't give up a single hit or single run. Red Raiders didn't get a single base runner against him. Um, uh, struck out three batters in those three and two-thirds. He's he's a right-hander that just uh, – he just he just quieted the Red Raiders' bats that are already weren't going well to begin with. Um, he shut them down and, and got the win in that Sunday game. So um, this is a guy that uh, had the Red Raiders' numbers when they faced him the first time. Doesn't mean he will the second time. So hopefully we'll see a different uh, a different Red Raider offense against him. Yeah, we're due, right? That's how you have to look at that. We're due. This guy's no yeah, sure. this guy's no Goliath or anything, but I mean he did. He did have mm-hmm. a, a dominating performance uh, the last time. Um, does does this particular ballpark benefit anybody? I mean, are there any dimensions or nooks and crannies where you know a, a certain team, based on you know team speed or anything like that, that playing indoors or playing on this type of surface or this type of dirt or whatever, that you look at the the eight teams that are involved and say, well, this really benefits this team. Well, I would say it's more of a pitcher's park than a hitter's park. And so I guess you would say that that benefits pitchers. But, um, you know, I look at the Red Raiders. I look at the teams that are on their side of the bracket. Um, I bet the home run numbers are pretty comparable with with Oklahoma State, West Virginia, maybe not Oklahoma. So I, I, I don't really feel like in our in, in the Red Raiders side of the bracket that it's a huge advantage either way to anybody. It's it's going to benefit the team that pitches better, okay? So so pitch better. And I mean, they would always say that for the most part, wouldn't they? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they would always. They would always so, I know that wall that looks. Was, I know that wall looks short out there. But if that guy up there is pitching yeah. better than you're hitting, you're going to lose. Yeah. That's that's the, that was my version of terrible analysis from Jamie. No, that okay, was good. I, mean, I, I, I was point, good. The, yeah, the, I don't think the ballpark really affects anything here. I, I just think you you got to pitch better. Whoever pitches better is going to win. Does it matter if the roof's open or closed? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, the ball probably carries better if it's open. That's kind of what I was thinking. Is it it might help you might help you a bit. But, but I don't know that I don't know that that benefits you. Again, you hit a lot of home runs, but you give up a, a decent amount as well, mm-hmm. and. And these teams in the, I mean, this this conference has got really good offenses this year, and yeah. so I mean, you're not the team that's like, oh, it's the Red Raiders coming. They come and bully everybody with their offense. Well, everybody basically does the same thing. Uh, let's see here. This from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Somebody wants to know, Jamie, what is the itinerary for the team today? Did you all have a catered meal last night? Have a nice day and broadcast. Hashtag Reckham. Well, thank you. Um, I got here too too late to eat with the team, so I, I'm sure they had a catered meal. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. Um, they, it's possible they went to a restaurant. I don't know. Um, their itinerary today is they usually on a game day they go and um, some guys will lift a little or they'll hit the cages, um, uh, but not not too much. And then they'll have they'll go to lunch somewhere after you know, noon or around noonish or whatever. And then, um, they'll try to keep them moving some, but at the same time, they don't ask them to do too much on game day. So, and it's obviously a little bit later game day this time. So, um, and, and uh, they might get them over there to the park just a little bit early so they can watch some games. That's possible as well. Um, but you know, nothing, nothing too extravagant. 
a little nap for you maybe because uh i mean that seven seven thirty first pitch is kind of eking up on your uh on your bedtime there a little bit i i, I doubt it I, I bet i'll get some exercise in when we're done here and i'll grab some lunch and i'll go watch college baseball okay okay um and that'll keep that'll keep me away what uh, what kind of facilities do the Rangers have for like all these teams? Because you mentioned getting in the cage and stuff like that. Will they have to go to uh, area high school or? No, they've got they've cages got under pl- for pl- plenty plenty yeah. of cages for everybody. And unlike the Astros, they let all the teams use them. Okay. <laughs> the Astros just let some of the teams use them. No, the Astros uh, have all the uh, all cages, just as like the Rangers. But there's everybody has to share. Um, one on each side of the stadium, mm. so it's like extreme hassle. They're a bit, yeah. uh, bit petty, right? I, I don't know. I wouldn't say petty is the word. I, I just they. I think it's a situation of when the Rangers go to that stadium, they're well understaffed. I think the. Uh, I'm sorry. When the when the Red Raiders go to that stadium, not to, the to uh, the ballpark. I think our, most of their staff is at spring training. Yeah. And they are so small staffed that they want to nothing to do with extra work for the people that are there. They're and in Houston, so, yeah. so they don't want to be unlocking gates. They don't want to be cleaning up messes. They don't want to do, they just basically want the teams there to not bother them. Okay. And so <laughs> ultimately that leads to just one cage on each side being open and mm-hmm. the teams having to share. And the problem is, is that, you know, normally you have like you can have like the Red Raiders would have two different guys in there throwing at the same time. And so it's double the double the speed of getting the guys through. But again, the Rangers or the Astros just give just one cage for each team. And so it takes double the amount of time. And it's just I don't know. I'll quit whining about that. It's just a mess. No, it's, a, it's good. It's good. It's good. insight. good for us to know. Another reason for us to dislike. Uh, the Houston Astros and to embrace the Texas Rangers for being accommodating. Uh, I, I it just it just feels like that whole tournament is just a huge hassle to the to the Astros people. It's just a huge like they don't really want to do it. Like they're forced to do it. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Ken to Drive. Time for this day in sports history. It is May the twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, the final Wednesday. Of the school year. All right. Here's uh, this Jeff McGuire with a stay in sports history. Hey, Chuck. Who is the official morning drive marathon runner? Uh, I, I know who you're talking about. I, I can't remember. Pavo Nermi. Thank you, Jamie Lynn. 1926 <laughs> finish runner. Pavo Nermi sets the world 3,000 meter record in Berlin, Germany. Wow. Eight hours, 25 minutes, four seconds. No, I'm sorry. Eight minutes, 25 seconds, point four. And was flying. 1930, New York Yankees legendary slugger Babe Ruth homers in both games of a doubleheader. Beats the Philadelphia A's 10 to 6 and 11 to 1. This gives him nine home runs in a single week. It was a good week. It's a good week. He was probably like Big 12 player of the week that week. <laughs> 1964. The longest home run in Baltimore Memorial Stadium history is hit. Boog pal? Hammering, uh, hammering Killebrew. 471 Harman. feet. Harmon. Harmon Killebrew. Yeah. 471 feet. 
Longest home run in Baltimore Memorial Stadium history today. You know what they called him? He was a right-handed hitter. They called him the killer. Well, that would make sense with his last name. Yeah. He killed it, Jamie. And, you know, 471-foot home runs. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it, too. Gavin Cash says, that's nothing. No, I even think Gavin Cash would say that's a pretty impressive hit. 1981 in the Indianapolis 500, mm. Bobby Unser cruises the uh, crosses the finish line ahead of Mario Andretti. Unser is actually disqualified for pit lane infraction, but is later reinstated for his third race victory. Th- this went to court. I mean, it was l- late in the summer when uh, Bobby Unser finally got to drink drink some milk. I'm I'm certain they probably got him a fresh bottle, but they'd have left that out. It would have been pretty putrid. Well, I'm sure the grocery store had some milk for him. <clears throat> Probably really so. Get some milk. Uh, 1987, 47-year-old, now part-time driver, Al Unser Sr., wins his record-tying fourth Indy title in a huge upset. Mm. And in 1992, in the Indy 500, Al Unser Jr. holds off Scott Goodyear to win by .043 seconds the closest finish in Indy history, and the first second-generation driver to win the race. Jamie, do you know what uh, Al Unser Jr.'s nickname was? I can't say as I recall. Little Al. Do you know what Al Unser Sr.'s nickname was? Big Al. Big Al, that's right. There you go. (laughs) Sharpest attack this morning. I'm on it. It is national... It is National Escargot Day. I'm out of it. No escargot for me. I've never had it. I don't know that I would ever order it without trying it once. Because I don't want to waste it. Yeah, I'm not. But if someone were to order it, I would try it. I would not. I would not either. I would say pass the bread, please. Oh, well, we're going to say pass the bread, too. I mean, let's, yeah. not, be, let's not be hasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy birthday, former Red Raider. Marcus Coleman, 49 today. Oh, man, one of my favorites. 49. 49. Man, he, he was there when you were there, right, Jamie? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. As a student. Man, what a stud. John C. Riley, 58. Tracy McGrady, 44. And bringing sexy back, even at 50. Bartolo Colon celebrating a birthday today. On this day Cone in <laughs> 1941, Germany's largest battleship, the Bismarck, sinks the pride of the British fleet, the HMS Hood. The two met in the North Atlantic, northeast of Iceland, where the two uh, where two British cruisers had tracked down the Bismarck. The Big Ma- Bismarck then sunk the Hood, resulting in the death of 1,500 of its crew, with only three British sailors surviving. <clears throat> During the oh. engagement. The Bismarck's fuel tank was damaged. She would turn towards the friendly French coast with hopes of getting repaired. Bismarck was spotted three days later and sunk by a ring of British ships with 2,300 German casualties. And that is this day in sports history. Yeah, there's a movie about that called Sink the Bismarck. There are several of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 6.50 this morning here on the morning drive. Jamie, I don't know... If you uh, followed the PGA uh, Championship, the golf tournament this past weekend, or any of the uh, of the after- aftermath, I, I did not. Uh, usually, the PGA was one I was really wasn't that interested in, and 
Yeah, I really got off. I really got off target last week because they've moved the PGA up from the fall to the spring, and that's just kind of messed with my sports clock a little bit. And and I did. I know they did that a couple of years ago. And then the other thing that they've done is they've moved the Preakness from like the first weekend in June to two or three weeks after the Kentucky Derby. And since they've done that, that's kind of messed with the horses' clock and. Sometimes the trainers have skipped the Kentucky Derby to go after the Preakness. So I really didn't follow the PGA. I'm aware of what Michael Block did. He's a, a PGA pro at a at a golf course in uh, Arizona, I believe. And, um, <clears throat> and he tied for 15th, and he got a hole-in-one, and now he's received a sponsor's exemption for the Colonial this weekend. But... You know, basically, he's kind of a, an everyman kind of guy. and Okay, which like, is cool. Which is very cool, right, because everybody can kind of relate to him. I mean, he's he's in his mid-40s, and you know, he's just a regular Joe working, you know, as a club pro. And he's he's played in some tournaments before, so it's not his first – wasn't necessarily his first rodeo. But, I mean, to be 15th, tied for 15th, and playing with Rory McIlroy, that's not what every club pro at, you know, your, your standard, you know – country club golf course or even public course around the country is, is used to. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's been offered an awful lot for a seven iron that he used, a seven-year-old seven iron that he uh, made a hole-in-one that really kind of put him on the on the map. But he said he's been unable to return all the messages that he's gotten from friends and whatnot. But apparently somebody was watching um, whom you know of. You don't know him. You know of him. And uh, he was one of the ones that reached out to him, which I thought was really cool. Um, this uh, particular viewer noticed that uh, Mr. Block was wearing Jordan brand shoes at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester last week and then got a message from one Michael Jordan. MJ. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, this, cool. He said, I'm a big Jordan guy all my life. Uh, I was a little kid in Iowa saving 100 bucks for a pair of Jordans back in the day. Pretty darn cool, to say the least. He said the message was something along the lines of that what he saw is why he loves the game of golf so much. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. And somebody says, Chuck, you're describing the plot of Tin Cup. Yeah, no, I know. But it turned out a little bit better for him than the Tin Cup guy at the end of the day because he didn't, he didn't, you know. I don't know. We're all going to remember his 12. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the line for the movie. Okay. Uh, his ace was at the 15th hole, and it was the first time uh, for a hole-in-one since the 2020 PGA and the first time by a club pro since 1996. He's been offered as much as $30,000 or more for this particular 7-iron. I'd buy an awful lot of golf clubs. Sure would. He is uh, the head sure. pro at Arroyo Tribuca Golf Club in Mission Viejo, California. So Arizona, I'm a, I was a couple states off. So anyway. Anyway, I thought that was um, I thought that was pretty cool. Six fifty three this morning, here on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, Risa said this. JL, my forecast for today is a lopsided win for our Red Raiders. I like it. Okay, I'm a fan. Uh, with regard to the guy that lost his arm uh, to the Gator, uh, somebody wants to know if they made a set of boots from the Gator for him. It's only fair. Gator takes an arm and gives him something for his legs. Maybe a little too soon for that. I don't know. Uh, with regard to chain, train derailments in the hinterland, easy, Chuck, I live in the hinterland. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a hinterland liver, you, yeah, and you got to know that that could happen, you know, because sometimes things happen in the hinterland in the middle of the night, you know, train just kind of runs over the wrong thing. And the next thing you know, kaplooey, right? Bad news bears. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Well, Jamie Light and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Jamie is in uh, Arlington this morning. He is uh, getting ready for Texas Tech baseball. Um, as we uh, will have uh, Big 12 baseball on the air for you tonight. As uh, Texas Tech takes on West Virginia in the opening game of the Big 12 tournament for them um jamie what would be bigger for you would a, would a big 12 championship this year um kind of be more be as satisfying as making the tournament but yet not making the regionals making the tournament but not making the regionals. not ma- not making it to the supers i'm sorry not making okay. it out of the regionals Oh, yeah, yeah, had me really confused. Yeah, okay. so, well, I, uh, you probably say that would, every morning. So, so, which would I prefer? Yeah. Um, I would prefer you win a Big 12 championship and lose in the regionals rather than make it to the Supers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be disappointed with either one. Right. Um, if you didn't win the big 12 championship and you somehow found yourself in the, in the supers, but it's, it's, um, the original winning the regional is going to be really difficult with your, um, lack of depth and pitching staff, it'll be much easier to win a super in regards to the fact that it's just three games guaranteed. And it could be just two, mm-hmm. you know, you got hot offensively for two days and somehow just survive the team, but to win a regional, that's a little bit more difficult to do and and technically it, it could be just three you know to win a regional but you got to win three games in three days and um you you could you could pull that off too but um your bats would have to get going all that good stuff but um yeah if you're telling me it, it it's but all that being said it's hard to imagine the team um with with the lack of depth and the injuries you've had in your in your pitching staff, it's hard to believe that this is a team that um, would have a legitimate chance in, in Omaha. I'd love to see them give it a try. Sure, <laughs> but but I mean, right now you're just talking about making the tournament, not not making Omaha. So um, yeah, I, I I don't I don't shake a stick at, at Big Twelve championships, Chuck. So they're they're not easy to come by. You haven't won one in this year tournament since 1998. So, man, I, that'd be a lot of fun. Okay, uh, that's interesting. I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't sure how you would respond to that. Um, sometimes I can other other years I would think differently yeah, when I yeah. felt like you had a chance, legitimate chance to win a national championship. And that, I, I don't think I don't think you have enough pitching depth to win a national championship. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of what I was that's kind of what I was thinking that you would would say along those lines is that this this would be kind of the one off year for that where you would take something like that or that that would, you would find that, you know, maybe be more prone to that because of just kind of where you are. Uh, some awards handed out yesterday uh, by the big 12. This is traditionally what they do on the, on the, on the Tuesday before the tournament begins uh, for Texas tech, 
uh, all Big 12 first team uh, in uh, Gavin Cash and then Kevin Bazell. Uh, Cash was a unanimous decision. On the second team, outfielder Nolan Hester and uh, starting pitcher Mason Molina. And then honorable mention, um, relief pitcher Brandon Beckel, outfielder Gage Harrelson, and then catcher Hudson White. And then on the all-freshman team, uh, Kevin Bazell, who was a unanimous selection, and Gage Harrelson. Did they did they miss anybody for the Red Raiders, Jamie, in your mind? Uh, I, I sure did think Kevin Bazell deserved the freshman of the year. Um or at least a co. So I was a little bit disappointed by that. Um, I also feel like Brandon Beckel should have been should have been nowhere near honorable mention. I think he should have been first or second team, second team at the worst, maybe first team. But um, yeah, no, I think I think they got it pretty good after that. Besides that, okay. Seven oh six this morning here on the morning drive. Red Raiders take on West Virginia tonight. We'll have it at seven. Play by play at seven thirty from the Rangers ballpark there in Arlington. Uh, concerns, what's, what concerns you about West Virginia, Jamie? Uh, man, I mean, they put a, what, 17 on you on, in the Saturday game there in Morgantown, so you know that they can they can absolutely hit. Um, they, they shut down your offense. I mean, you remember you scored only 10 runs in three days against them, so um, they really held that Tech offense down, so – that would be the thing that jumps out to me probably more than any is that they pitched, pitched it really well against you. A Tech won on Friday, May the 12th, 5-2. Lost the Saturday game 17-2 and then came back and lost the Sunday game 5-3. It kind of felt like that was one you, that got away from you. I mean, you, you feel kind of feel like you hold a team to five runs and you kind of feel like that's been your MO to, to be able to win when you hold a team – to that few of runs. Do you know how many times Tech has won this year when they've scored um, five runs or less? Well, given by the nature of the way that you asked that question, I'm going to say none. Well, you won Friday in that series, five to two. Five to two, so one time. One time. Yeah. Yeah. One time. Well, yeah. You 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 beat TCU ten to five when you held them to five. It's kind of that was where I was headed was the holding them to to five. Yeah, but I mean, again, you're 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 not holding teams under five very often. No, you're right. I mean, you beat North Dakota State eight to five, and then eight to three. But it was North Dakota State. But then they beat you eight to one in the first game of that series. No, I I I, I get your drift. I I understand. Yeah, I, that the point is that your offense has to perform and. I mean, you just don't have a team that uh, pitching wise is shutting teams down. So you're not not winning a bunch of two one or three one games. You've you've got to score runs, and um, you had a three zero lead in that Sunday game, but all three runs were were got on base via free passes to start an inning, and you never really got a big hit. You were able to move them around and get them in, but you never could have a crooked number and you know, put up a big inning, get any kind of momentum going. You were you were scoring with sack flies and infield ground outs and stuff like that. And then West Virginia just kept pushing through. And and I I mean I feels like when you give up just five, you got a shot, but um your offense didn't perform that day and so ultimately they win the series. It was a big win for them. What um what what are your keys for tonight's game? Can you can you reveal those or give us a little hint? 
Um, I, you know, obviously Mason Molina is really important here. He pitched well against them the first time. He, he was terrific last Thursday night in his last start and um, probably his, his best start of his career maybe. Unfortunately, he didn't, he didn't get the run support and ended up getting a no decision, giving up just one run. That's the 13 strikeouts in the contest was really, really good against the Jayhawks. So I think it starts with him, but I, I think you got to get keep the momentum going from the getting your offense going those last two days against Kansas when you – you put up eight and 15 and it just looked like everybody was hitting on Saturday. So, uh, I mean, just getting more, you know, productive at bats up and down the lineup. Carter and Lopez got to join the crowd as well. seems like cash and green are starting to swing it better. And that's really good to see Kevin Bazell had a, had a good weekend or at least a good Saturday. He had kind of struggled going in, but I'd like to see those guys not near the bottom start to do a little bit more and, you know, Lopez has been quiet for a while now. So, you know, whether it's 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 Hudson White or it's it's Dylan Carter, or it's Tracer Lopez, somebody down there at the bottom needs to do some work as well. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. Hi, Jamie. What's you... Uh... I feel like I've asked you a million questions today, okay. and and you you get one for Jeff and I okay. and our fine listening. I audience. got one. I got one question for you. All right. Okay. I'm not just thinking about one game today. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the whole Big Twelve tournament. All right. Mm-hmm. So the Red Raiders will win. Is this a fill in the blank? The Red Raiders will win at least two games in the Big Twelve tournament if. Red Raiders will win the Big 12 tournament if... No, at, at least two at least games two, in the Big games. 12 tournament. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, one, uh, today if uh, Mason Molina goes six innings, all right, and they'll win the, the second game if they score eight or more runs. Okay. Uh Texas Tech will win two or more games in the Big 12 tournament if your offense can continue the barrage that they ended the season with and if your pitching staff can control their fastball and the strike zones. Oh, I like that answer. That was a good answer. Jamie? Okay. Well, I... I think it's going to be your bullpen. Uh, I think it's about the bullpen. I think Tech will – I mean, you can win one game with just having a big offensive day, and, I, and I, you know, we're hoping that's going to happen here today, mm-hmm. um, or it could happen at any time. But I think if you're looking at big picture, if you are going to, you know, do damage in this tournament and, and make it, you know, a, a deeper run and get to at least the semis, I think your bullpen has to be really good. Um, we, there was a stretch there this year where I thought it was really solidifying. It was really starting to look good. Um, and then, you know, Kansas state happened and it's been a struggle since then. Uh, so it just feels like, um, to me, um, I have confidence in your offense. I'm not saying you're going to put up 10 runs a game or anything like that, but I have confidence in the offense with Molina starting, with Petty starting, with Fast starting, I think those two freshmen will keep you decently close. I mean, they can get you three or four innings and 
Um, it, it just, but they're obviously not going to go like Mason there. We haven't seen them go seven or eight or anything like that all season long. So uh, if you're going to win those games, the bullpen has to come up big behind them. And so I just look at the bullpen this week, not just single game, but this week is the bullpen is a, is a major key. And you think Zane Petty goes tomorrow? Um, not certain. I wouldn't be shocked to see it be fast. Um, just, you know, to give Petty a little bit more time off, but, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe not, not sure. And maybe that it depends on who you're playing and it probably depends on, um, whether you win or lose today. Let, let's say, uh, let's say you, you win today. Um, you know, that, that maybe that gives you a little bit more uh, wiggle room with Petty that you could start Tabor fast tomorrow. Is there any thought at all that Brendan Gurton would get a start? Um, in- um, I, I don't know if there's a thought by the coaches. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question just because you're, you know, he has been in the starter in the past. You know, he can go deeper into games. It's just a matter of, you know, can he get enough outs right now? So, it, it might be something you would consider, you know, you start a guy like Gurton and then, um, you know, and then switch back to fast if he doesn't go well, because they're different styles. One's a righty runs a lefty, all that might mess with somebody's lineup. Mm-hmm. So it might, it might be an option. As we're kind of on the cusp of this, you're 12 hours away from, from first pitch, roughly um, seven o'clock, our broadcast time and seven thirty the scheduled first pitch. Although my prediction is seven thirty two. Did you write that down so you'll you'll have that for your broadcasting notes uh, tonight? I did not write it okay. down. Seven thirty-two. Put that in your head. Um, is would there be any thought that if you um, if you lost or here's my thought or my question? My question is: as we get as we're now twelve hours away, do you feel like you have to win at least one game to be in the tournament, or do you feel like that the resume is good as it is? And if you lost two games, well, you might be a little antsy on selection. Is it Monday? I think it's Monday or whatever day it is. It's Monday. Monday. Monday at 11 o'clock. Okay. Selection Monday that you would be, well, you'd be a little nervous. You'd feel like, okay, we deserve to be in. Um, Boy, that depends on what other teams are doing as well, obviously. But um, I'd feel a lot better with one win. I'm not going to sit here now and say – I think I'd be nervous, but I think you'd be in. I I don't think I would say that right now. Okay. So let me ask you this. Then this this would qualify as maybe as an insane question. Uh, you might say it's a stupid question. You might say it's a ridiculous question. Would you give any thought if you lost today to starting Beckel tomorrow and pitch it backwards? He's never started a game at Tech. So your answer would be no. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, just, I mean, they've never started him. I don't. I wouldn't expect him to start. But okay. Then again, the guy who's starting for West Virginia today is making his first start. So, I, 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 I wouldn't think that way. I would rather say Brandon Beckel come in when we have a shot. Hmm. So if he if Beckel pitches today. When would he next be available? Let's say he pitches a couple innings today. Is kind of usual, his usual appearance. When would his? Could he pitch again on Friday, or would you have to wait till Saturday? 
probably Saturday, but I mean, it's possible he could pitch again Friday. Just depends on how many pitches he throws today. Yeah. And, and somebody had asked about Trendon Parrish, but there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's no report on him, um, with regard to what his, what his health is. Right. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't to expect be one one. Either. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I'll be surprised if he pitches again this year, but okay. just walk, walk, seeing him walk off the field like he did, mm-hmm. that would surprise me. But I, I mean, I'm, I have not heard anything from any of the folks that would know. Okay. Uh, 738 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double T973.com for that or the mobile app. The mobile app is presented by Happy State Bank. Um, and so look forward to uh, hearing from you. If you have a score prediction you want to share with that with us uh, this morning, you certainly can. Uh, hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line or the Visual Edge IT hotline. Okay. So we, I think we've. I think we've covered all the bases this morning with regard to baseball. That's good. Yeah, no. And none, of them were, and none of them were flat. None of them were flat. And we didn't commit any errors. That would be key today. I think I think you're I think you're spot on with that. Uh somebody wants to know have we faced this pitcher we have. Jamie uh talked about it uh, earlier and he was he was dominating in the in the performance just a couple of weeks ago or about a week or so ago. Three and two thirds innings, zero hits, zero runs yeah. against us. Got the got the win on Sunday in relief. Pretty dominating, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Red Raider basketball team got another signee uh, yesterday. I'm going to have to learn how to how to pronounce his his name for you, Jamie. Um, yeah, it looks like all of us are. We, we didn't really get any help. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Emeli Yola. Yolaho. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, here's the here's the numbers on him. He's a Finn. He's a six eight. He's from Finland. Uh, he spent last year at Western Reserve Academy, uh, big basketball school there in Ohio. Sarcasm. Uh, but he's six eight. Uh, Coach Grant McCaslin said, "We are really excited to add Emeli to our signing class." I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I tried to sound like a Finn there. Emeli. He is extremely skilled and has an intelligent feel for the game. Right? We can't wait to get him here to Lubbock. And he he's ha- going to love us because we talk about about Mr. Nermy every every time he does something in history. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm going to I'm going to go with Emilai Yalaho. Emilai, okay, Emilai Yalaho. I like that. That sounds a lot better. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.